0: Welcome to the Pentecost Podcast, I am your host Ewan Eppsworth. The Pentecost Podcast is a podcast dedicated to exploring Pentecostal theology and history. If you are a Pentecostal who is passionate about theology, or someone discovering Pentecostalism for the first time, then join me in exploring Pentecostal theology and history through this podcast. This episode is part one of our new series on the prophethood of all believers, taken from the book of the same title by Roger Stronstadt. In this episode we are going to explore the particular genre of the two-part volume Luke Acts in the New Testament, namely Luke Acts as historical narrative and the important consideration this presents for its interpretation. How should we read Luke Acts? Well Luke uses parallelism in the structure of both Luke and Acts. This parallel structure is grouped around key themes, quote, both parts of his book have the following thematic elements. 1. A beginning narrative. 2. An inauguration narrative, which contains reports about the gift of the Holy Spirit and an accompanying sermon which explains the gift. 3. Reports of confirmatory miracles and the complementary approval-disapproval response theme. 4. A travel narrative. and 5. A trials narrative. End quote. The parallel structure of Luke-Acts reveals Luke to have carefully and purposefully selected his narrative of the life of Jesus and the early church to make theological statements about the nature and person of Jesus and his church. How should we interpret Luke-Acts? When interpreting Luke-Acts, Stronstadt describes the, quote, multiplex, historical, didactic, theological purpose of Luke's writing. As such, he proposes a set of guidelines for its interpretation. These are that Luke acts as his selective history. Luke acts must be said in the context of the Greco-Roman world, and Luke acts as a multiplex purpose. Regarding Luke acts as selective history, Stromstad writes, quote, Both in what he includes in his narrative and what he excludes from his narrative, Luke reports only those sayings and events which conform to, Advance and illustrate his purposes. This can be seen by Luke's tightly structured and organized parallelism, which points to a highly selective historical account. Concerning the multiplex historical didactic theological purpose of Luke Acts, Stronstadt argues Not only does Luke's multiplex purpose have a historical dimension, but also a didactic or instructional dimension. By didactic, as the book reiterates, it means instructional or for the purpose of teaching. Thus, if something is didactic in nature, it is educational and instructive. Quote, thus, using the medium of historical narrative, Luke purposes to supply Theophilus with a more reliable instruction than that with which Theophilus's earlier instruction had supplied him, if taken on his own terms. Luke makes a plain statement of his didactic intention. Clearly, as Luke practiced it, the writing of historical narrative was a medium and method of reliable instruction. Thus, as a historian, Luke also saw himself as a teacher or instructor." How should we apply Lukacs? Lastly, when applying Lukacs, Stronstadt argues interpreters fall into one or two categories one of two categories, a hermeneutic or interpretation of denial and a hermeneutic of affirmation. Those in the denial interpretive camp deny that Luke-Acts is paradigmatic of the church today and Christian experience, thus Luke-Acts cannot be applied to the church today. Those in the affirmation interpretive camp see Luke-Acts as paradigmatic for all believers at all times this would include Pentecostals and Charismatics. Well, Why does this matter? As mentioned, how we interpret Luke will lead to vastly different church practices and theological expectations of the role of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in the life of the believer and the church today. Acknowledging Luke's historical didactic theological purpose, I think, is crucial to interpreting the whole canonical data in the New Testament on the Holy Spirit, and the charismatic nature of the church fairly and accurately with respect to Luke's authorial intention. By interpreting Luke as a theological teacher in his own right and not only as a historian, an interpretation of affirmation leads us to view Luke as paradigmatic for the church in principle even if not in all of the historical particularity of the events of which he writes. Indeed, a Stronstad's first book, The Charismatic Theology of St. Luke, demonstrates Luke's indebtedness to the Greek Old Testament, known as the Septuagint, for his theological language and categories, as well as the continuity between Luke's Acts and the sacred history and prophets of the Old Testament in Israel's anticipation of the Messiah and the Messianic fulfillment and eschatological outpouring of the Spirit. Luke, was an erudite and skilled historian as well as a highly literate and able teacher and his theological contribution to the canon of scripture for the person and prophethood of Jesus as well as the prophethood of believers and the charismatic nature of the church ought not only to be weighed carefully and affirmed but also applied confidently yet discerningly. Finally, as Stronstadt concludes, Quote, when applied in the light of these guidelines, the narratives of Acts will spiritually enrich contemporary Christian living. However, where Acts remains shut out of contemporary relevance by a hermeneutic, which is either hostile or antipathetic to the contemporary applicability of historical narrative, spiritual impoverishment will remain." End quote. I'm looking forward to this series as we explore prophethood of all believers for the spiritual enrichment of church today. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please subscribe for more episodes wherever you listen to your podcast and help by sharing this podcast with your church, family, and friends. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I'll catch you in the next one.